gospel, uh, excuse me, in Paul's epistle that we find in verse number 1, the Bible said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the Forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Somebody ought to say amen. Being predestinated according to the purpose of Him uh, who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who trusted, who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the God gospel of your salvation in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Would somebody say amen? Amen. I want to go back, if we could, this morning to verse number 6. This is where we'll take our thought, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 6. The Bible said, uh, the Bible said, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. I want to preach again to you on this thought, accepted by God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank You for this opportunity, God, to be in Your house. Lord, we thank You, Father, for the honor and the privilege that it is to serve You one more time. God, we thank You this morning, Lord, for all that You've done. God, I pray that, Lord, You'd have Your perfect will and way. I pray, God, for unction and power. Lord, I can't preach on my own. And God, I'm asking You, please don't make me. God, please use me and fill me, God. Bring back all that I've studied and all that I've listened to and all that I've read. God, please make it real in my heart. God, please, Lord, give me action, Lord. I cannot function. Lord, if you don't give me action, 
salvation. So, Lord, please, I pray, God, fill me with thy yes, spirit. Lord. Lord, forgive me of my sin. And, God, please empty me of myself and who I am. Lord, these people need to hear your voice. And, God, these people need to hear your word in their hearts. And so, God, if you'll preach through me and to me, I'll thank you, Lord. Please do a work here. Save a sinner that's lost. Bring a prodigal home, Lord. Change us and convict us and conform us to thy image, Lord, for what you do in this place. We'll thank you now in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. By way of introduction, may I say, it is here in our text where the Apostle Paul has begun to write this epistle to the church at Ephesus. Can I give you some background on Ephesus? I wanted you to know this morning that Ephesus was a very peculiar place. Yeah. The city in itself was made up of somewhere around 350,000 people. Right. The city of Ephesus is centrally located along the western coast of yeah. Asia Minor. Can I say Ephesus was a place where the east and the west were met together. It was a place where two sides, are you following me this morning? Where two sides were met together. Ephesus was a place where there was many different forms of religion. It was mainly a Central Asian religion, but it contained Greek culture. Ephesus was a place also known to possess forms of Roman government. Do you see the diversity that I'm telling you this morning the east and the west are met together there's different forms and ideologies of religion there's different forms of government and rule there are different cultures and they're all clashed together in this place called Ephesus Ephesus is made up of different religion and cultures and government and economic situation and status to sum it up Ephesus was a place of diversity can I say if you'll read your Bible and you'll study, you'll find that Ephesus is the place and the home to the temple of the false little G goddess Diana. How can I say when you begin to study out the false little G goddess Diana, you'll find that what she was known for, they would offer their babies and offer their children to this false god. How can I say there, you find diversity there as well where some would consider this as we do outright cold-blooded murder but then others were offering and sacrificing their own children to this false god Diana. All of this is taking place in the city in the town, in the country if you will. All is, is located in Ephesus. How can I say Ephesus was steeped in demonic in a demonic dungeon of idolatry. These people were devout followers of different little G gods that could not hear them. These Ephesians were deemed and devout to little G gods that could not save them. These people were devout and followers of little G false gods that could not heal them. Yet these people bowed themselves day after day and time after time and month after month and year after year uh, worshiping false gods uh, uh, by way of religion that could 
not save them. But can I say after some time, God looks down on those Ephesian people. He looks down on the culture full of diversity. He looks down on a place that has no idea who God is or what God can do. He sees them giving their babies away. He sees them bowing and worshiping false gods and idolatry. He sees the spiritual condition of this place known as innocence. But in God, in all of His grace and in all of His mercy and in all of His long suffering and in all of His kindness, God calls a man by the name of Saul and changes him to the Apostle Paul and makes him a preacher of the gospel. And God, in all of His glory, sends Paul down to this place that's stricken by sin and damned by religion and devout to false gods. Ain't you glad? Thank God that things a preacher that God sent by your way. Ain't you glad that God had seen you in where you were in a country full of diversity, in a country full of sin, in a place full of demonic power and pull. But God sent a preacher. Somebody ought to act like that God has done something by sending you a preacher to tell you the gospel. You know what Paul's message was? Paul's message was a gospel message. Can I say after some time we find God that sent him a spirit filled preacher the apostle Paul is led of the Lord to go to this spiritually deprived place and spiritually declined place and spiritually damned place but thank God for a preacher God sends the, the people of Ephesus an old timey old fashioned Bible believing leather lung slumber slinging devil stomping Raising Holy Ghost filled preacher to deliver them from the captivity of their sin. That's where you're at in the book of Ephesians. God has done this miraculous work. This place was steeped by religion, controlled by riches, deceived by scholars, doomed by diversity and damned by sin and Satan. Uh, but one day, here comes old Paul and his message was a simple one. Uh, it was believe on the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and thou shalt be saved. Uh, and may I say Paul uh, spends three years here at Ephesus and he's spending his three years uh, uh, preaching the gospel, seeing soul after soul come to know God. And it's there that Paul establishes a church right there in Ephesus. Can I say we find within the scripture that no matter how bad in shape the city of Ephesus was in, when Paul arrived, they were changed when he had to depart. Can I say because of Paul's preaching and the power of the gospel, there's an established local New Testament church that's making a difference and doing big things for God. It is here in our text where we find that Paul is now writing a letter back to the church at Ephesus. You'll find in Paul's journeys as God sitting there for three years to preach and pastor that 
Paul leaves that church in good hands. And Paul goes on to preach. And here's where Paul is at this point in time. Paul currently in the book of Ephesians chapter number 1 is sitting on a bench in a jail cell. Paul is writing a letter to the church at Ephesus from a prison cell in Rome. Are you following me? You say, why would Paul be writing a letter to the church at Ephesus from a prison cell in Rome? Because Paul caught wind that that once on fire for God church and that once doctrinally sound church and that once spirit filled church had begun to elect the ideology and the idolatry. Are you following me this morning? And the false gods and the heresies of the world to creep through the doors in the church that God had, that Paul had seen God build. And Paul said uh, uh, even from a prison cell uh, he cared for them. He loved them. Uh, those people were very dear to him. Uh, and even while Paul was away uh, and had heard of the damage uh, uh, caused in this church uh, uh, Paul knew that once the ball started rolling downhill it wouldn't stop uh, or slow down. Paul listen to me might not have been in Ephesus physically but his heart was still there. He still longed for the Ephesian people. He was still burning for the church that God had used him to establish. And uh, Paul writes a letter. May I say Paul can't get there. He's locked up, shackled and chained uh, in Rome but he was determined uh, that God's word uh, uh, could still go forth and reach those people in their spiritual slope and slave of condition. Yes, sir. Paul sitting in a prison cell as the former pastor of Ephesians or the Ephesus Baptist Church. Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus was centered around, are you listening now? This letter that Paul has wrote from prison in Rome to Ephesus is a letter centered around doctrine. Right, man. Paul is establishing, excuse me, Paul is reestablishing doctrine in the hearts of the people at Ephesus. Amen. See, when God sent him there, they was all messed up. They was all lost. Yes, they was sir. all deceived. They was all tied up in heresy. They was all worshiping dying and other false gods and idolatry. And so God sent Paul there. God uh, used Paul to preach the gospel. They got saved. Paul establishes the church. He builds the church upon Bible doctrine, but he don't get down the road too long that the, that the church yeah. has already started swaying and shifting in their doctrine. Oh, yeah. Paul as a pastor with the pastor's heart. Let me tell you something about a pastor's heart. Yes, sir. When God gives a man a pastor's heart, he don't have to be with those people, near those people, in the same church with those people uh, for his heart to long for those people. Paul hadn't been there in a while, but what God did in his heart for that church and those people uh, could not be undone. So Paul, in true love and concern, writes an epistle to the church at Ephesus. Dealing with doctrine. Can I say Paul deals with these doctrines? He deals with Christ and his relation to the church. He deals with uh, the church and their relation to Christ. He deals with the spirit field and the Christian life. He challenges them. He confronts them. Uh, Can I say, but uh, Paul uh, cannot help to be concerned and reach out from a prison cell. Uh, Can I say it here in our text where we find that Paul is writing to remind them of what God 
had already done for them. Amen. Is there anybody here going to help me today and say amen right here? It's easy to forget at times what God has done for you. You all know why they steep so low to get tied up in heresy, false doctrine, let all that stuff creep back into their church. And we'll tell you why. Because they had got away from what God had done for them. Does anybody remember what it was like before God found you and before God saved you? You remember where you are and where you where you were and where you are now? Hey, listen, I know we're all still a project. I love that old children's song. It's my theme. It's my anthem. Uh, that God's still working on me uh, to make me what I ought to be. Thank God He's still working on me. I'm not what I ought to be, but I ain't what it used to be. Help somebody. And so these people had strayed away from the doctrine of the Word of God that Paul established in their hearts. Can I say that Paul begins to talk about things like this? Paul begins to talk about the grace of God. Yeah. You know a good way to get a sinner back on track that's been saved by grace? Yeah. Talk about grace. Amen. Remind them where they were when God found them. That's Remind right. them what God has done in their heart and in their life since Amen. He found them. That's the best way to get a prodigal to realize that all that the Father's done is remind them of grace. Here we find Paul does that. Paul challenges the church of Ephesus to go back to the fundamentals of the faith. To realize the doctrine of salvation. Are you listening to me now? Had nothing to do with them and everything to do with God. Paul writes a reminder to them in this letter that it was God that chose them before the foundation of the world and because of God's love for them uh, that they ought to live a holy life uh, before God that they ought to be without blame uh, before God. It's all here in our text uh, that they ought to put away their own pleasures and put away their own plan and get back to a life of pleasing God. That's what Paul's writing. Paul continues his letter highlighting the grace of God to his church. Paul makes it clear that because of God's grace, they're saved. And if grace is good enough to save them, that grace ought to be good enough to live by. Paul addresses who the believer is within our passage. He writes a doctrinal letter to the church of Ephesus as a reminder to them of who they are in Christ and who they are and how they ought to live as a product of it. Man. I'm giving you the background, introduction. Stay with me. We'll get where we're going. Don't do no good to preach a message if you have no idea what context we're talking about. Come on, preacher. That's a part of pastoring I like, actually. Brother Chris told me the other day, he said, I, I believe you've got to where your message is in your introduction. And then the points are just like little closing statements. He might be right on that. But I want you to know your Bible. Amen. I want you, it's my job. See, I'd like to just rent and rare and snort, spit, slobber, and go on. And I'll do plenty of that. But if you don't understand what's going on That's here, right. you're lost from the get-go. Right. Paul is writing a letter, an epistle, to the church at Ephesus whom he established, but now has been gone away for some time, sitting in a prison cell in Rome, Hears and got wind that Ephesus was not doing what they ought to be doing, so he writes them to remind them where they are and where they should return to. Right. In this book of the Bible, and even within just the first chapter in the book of Ephesus, I want you to know that preaching from a doctrinal standpoint, there's so much to say about who we are as saved children of the Most High God. Listen to me this morning. 
I want to focus on this phrase in verse number 6. Verse number 6 that Paul says, he said, To the praise and the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the blood. Now, before I dive into the meat of the message, let me say a few things about the subject of acceptance. I cannot begin to tell you as a pastor, as a preacher, as a Christian, as a friend, the heights that I have seen people go to and the lows of error that I have seen people speak to all in an effort to feel accepted. Right. Are you listening to me? Let me ask you something. Have you ever done something that you looked at yourself and said, I can't believe I would do that? Come on, preacher. Amen. You know why you did it? Listen to me. Because in the situation, in the circle, in the circumstance, in the group of people, in the moment, in the pressure, you wanted to feel like you were one of them. Right. You wanted to feel accepted by them. See, you get caught up in the... Every single one of us today have a hole in there that we want acceptance to fill. Does anybody just like being an outcast? You like being the oddball? You like not feeling accepted? No, we all pursue that. Can I say this? That folks will go to all kinds of extremes to be accepted. Right. I've seen people change or alter their appearance to be accepted. I've seen people change their speech to be accepted. I've seen people switch and change their careers for God's sake to feel accepted, to be like someone else, to feel like they're a part of something. People will change and alter their personality to be accepted. They'll change and alter their spending to be accepted. They will change and alter their behavior to be accepted. People will commit crimes to be accepted. People will commit sin to be accepted. People will commit to feel accepted. Nowadays, people will change their gender to feel accepted. People will change their sexual desires to, to feel accepted. People will change their standards to be accepted. People will change their identity. Didn't you know you can identify as anything you want? He said, Baxter Max, I identify as a vac vaccinated man. Alright? No mess for me, Joker. I'm identified. You can do whatever you want in this day and I have to be accepted in the in the views of society. People will change their morals to feel accepted. You may be wondering why anybody would go to these extremes just to feel accepted. I'll tell you why. Because deep down on the inside of every human being is a desire to be accepted. It's a psychological need that dwells within the heart of man. Mankind seeks the approval of other men. Mankind seeks the friendship of other men. Mankind seeks the attention of other men psychologically. But my friend, may I say, listen to me now, go somewhere, help me preach. More importantly than mankind's psychological need, you better know deep down on the inside of every one of you and every one of them is a whole of a spiritual need. Listen, understand that people want to feel accepted. Uh, but that psychological need uh, will only suffice for so long. There's a spiritual need in the heart of man that only God can feel. Amen. Hear me, hear me well. When you show your psychological need, in reality, all you're doing is showing your spiritual need. Amen. 
What I mean by that is this. If you have to be, if you have to have attention from men, from mankind, you all you're doing is revealing your spiritual position. Right. If you have, if your flesh has to be catered to, all you're doing is revealing that your spirit is not where it ought to be with God. Right. Can I say this morning, uh, uh, your psychological obsession will reveal your spiritual condition. Uh, what you display on the outside through the emotions and through your physical desires will reveal where you are on the inside spiritually with God. You ever met people that have to have attention? I'm going to tell you why. They're not satisfied with God enough. Amen. Well, I know we ain't running this morning. I'm but I'm going to preach that Bible to you. Amen. Whether you like it or not. You can stick it in your pipe and smoke it. Amen. Amen. Because I know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. I know what kind of people I'm preaching to. Amen. I'm going to say something this morning. We always got visitors when I have to do stuff like this. But some of y'all are entirely too needy. Come on, preacher. Help me, somebody. Preacher. I ain't being rude. You're entirely too needy. You've got to have everybody's attention. You've got to have everybody's approval. You've got to have everybody's pat on the back. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you, sir. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you, ma'am. You ain't none near close enough to God. And your spiritual needs are not being fulfilled by God. And therefore, your physical needs and your psychological needs are overpowering your spiritual need. And you're revealing yourself. You've got to be accepted by us. My God, when did this thing become about being accepted by one another? My God, heaven, I've been accepted by the God of all glory. When I got saved, I don't need your stinking attention. I've got his. I don't need your I don't need your compassion. I've got his. Somebody will help me. I don't seek, need, or want your stinking approval. I and God hid. You don't like what I preach? Find you somewhere else to go. I'm not trying to run you out. I want you here. But I'm not changing to cater a bunch of wine babies when God has given me a Bible to stand and preach in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God. I'm not catering to your physical, psychological needs. I'm trying to help you build your spiritual wounds. Good preaching. He's so hateful. No, you're preaching. No. I'm trying to build a real church here. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to give you doctrine. Man. All you're doing is revealing you're not right with God. That's right, preaching. God help. How do you identify somebody that is seeking the acceptance of men? Come on, preacher. Very easily. Very, are you listening to me? Yes, sir. When you have to be the sinner. Of every conversation, you're seeking a psychological and a physical need of acceptance. Therefore, according to the scriptures, I can prove to you, you are not spiritually walking with God the way you ought to be. If you are right with God, your need for a physical and psychological acceptance will not overpower the spiritual need that's within you. Me and Brother Chris can't talk without you having 18 things to say about what we're saying. Right. And 
either in, in, including yourself. And I mean, if I climb Mount Everest, you climb Mount Everest twice. Right. And if so-and-so's got type 1 diabetes, you've got type 1 and type 2 diabetes. <laughs> and if so-and-so got, uh, their dog got run over by a bus, yours got run over by an army tank. Are you following me? <laughs> Let me tell you what you're doing. You are revealing your physical and psychological condition is weak. And you are seeking the acceptance and the approval of man. And the reason that's how you live your life is because you're not where you ought to be with God. And you don't got things right here, so you're trying to fill that emptiness this way. Uh, if so-and-so will think I'm smart, and so-and-so will think I know everything, and if so-and-so will think this and think that, if they'll put their faith in me and trust me and confide in me, I can fill that spot. But friend, you're running yourself down over and over and over again. That's why they never stop. That's why those types of people never change. And they won't until they fix themselves spiritually. Are you listening? Yes, sir. I know it's pastoral stuff. Good. But I want you to be right. Accepted by God. If you seek the attention of men, the approval of men, the affection of men, the awareness of men, the appreciation of men, the accolades of men, you are not seeking God. When you do not get away from any of the above, you are moved and persuaded in a negative way spiritually. When you are revealing what you're revealing to those that are around you in those areas are uh, you have a strong desire of acceptance by men and the acceptance of men means more to you than being accepted of God. Listen to me. Listen to me. Uh, being a Christian, you're not most of the time. You're not getting a pat on the back. Help me somebody. Most of the time, you're not getting a handshake and you're not getting thanked and your face don't get put on the big screen. Most of the time as a Christian, you're going to feel underappreciated. You're going to feel overworked. You're going to feel used and abused. But look up in here, cry baby. The Lord Jesus did never receive praise and honor and glory. From the moment that he took his first breath on the planet, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to hang him. They wanted to drown him. They wanted to crucify him. They wanted to rob him. They wanted to blaspheme him. They wanted to imprison him. And you're speaking worried whether or not everybody knows that you came by and clean. God help you, friend. Psychologically and physically, you're revealing that you're spiritually not where you should be. Come on, preacher. If you have to have acceptance of men. You have not settled in your heart that you've been accepted by God. Excuse me. Allergies. What a blessing. And I say sadly enough, some of you are living that way right now and you don't even know it. You don't know how you don't know it because I'm looking at you. You you think I'm talking to somebody else. I'm talking to you. Right. That's right. Huh? Yeah, that's right. I can't believe. Right. You would. Did he really? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna be in the conversation at somebody's table tonight. Help me somebody. But this is what Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus. Yes, sir. Right. I'm gonna go through a text. I'm gonna preach why I'm blind, word by word, preach up and preach. That's why. That's why I preach. We're gonna get there in a moment. I ain't in a hurry because I got tonight too, and I got Wednesday. If the Lord don't come back, I got next Sunday. If it takes me six months to get through this, for some of y'all to line yourself out, that's what I'll do. Amen. 
You're too worried about being accepted by men when you can shout the victory that you've already been accepted by God. If you, listen to me, somebody ought to give a big hoorah. If you have ever been saved, you have been accepted by God. That's right. I'll show it to you. People that lived their entire lives trying to win friendships. Yes, sir. And win popularity and win themselves social status and win the trust of others and win everybody's approval, changing who you are so others will accept you. But may I say that will never work. No matter how much you change, no matter how much you adapt, and no matter how, how much you create attention for yourself, you will never be accepted by people by trying to be something you're not because no matter who you become, somebody will always reject you. I don't care who you become. Pete, listen to me. People change. If you are focused on being accepted by everybody you work with, that you begin to create the same habits they have and you begin to draw interest in the same areas they are interested in. You begin to uh, show uh, uh, show appreciation in areas they show appreciations in and show approval and disapproval in ways they show approval and disapproval. Are you following me? In other words, you become a million, which some of you are, a chameleon, that's a lizard, that changes colors with its surroundings. Some of y'all are. Help me somebody. I know y'all didn't come for this today, but I hope that you did come for God to speak and that sword to go in you and come out of you and you to realize what you're doing trying to be accepted by people you're revealing that you have not settled that you've been accepted by God his acceptance don't mean as much to you as their acceptance huh let me tell you something you do all those things to be like those people you want to be accepted by and in five years those same people ain't the same people Right. <laughs> Somebody ought to say amen right there. That's a real good spot for an amen. How many of y'all are working with the same people today that you were 15 years ago, but they're totally different? Amen. You know what you'll do when they change? You'll try to change if you're seeking the acceptance of man. Yeah. Whether for the better or for the worse. I've had friends, my God, if I was... If I was uh, hooting and hollering and breaking laws and raising hell, that's what they's doing. Right. Are you listening? Right. And then I've had friends that when I stopped doing that, got right with God, started preaching, they started preaching. Right. Come on, somebody. Oh, yes, I'm telling the truth this morning. This is stuff I've already said to these individuals. And you know what happened? I'm still here only by His grace. But they're not. Why? Because it was never real to them like it was me. They were simply trying to feel accepted by man. And they didn't even realize if you're saved, they've already been accepted by God. Mankind don't know what they like or don't like. Are you listening? Look up here. You ain't got a clue what you like. Yes, I do. Oh, you don't. You ain't got a clue what you don't like. Absolutely, I do. Well, how come it is that you love things today that you hated five years ago? Help me, somebody. And you don't like things today that you loved ten years ago. Because we change. We change. Are you listening to me? 
We change. People change. If you are living to be accepted by people, can I tell you, you're living a life of failure. You'll never feel accepted by mankind. I'm going somewhere. You're wasting your time trying to win the acceptance of people. Within this portion of Scripture, doctrinally speaking, I've got the best news I can ever tell you. You are accepted. If you're saved, you are accepted. And you are accepted by God. Once you got saved, you got accepted. Why in the world do you want to spend your whole life trying to be accepted by men when you've already been accepted by God? Is anybody listening? Some of y'all got odd turns to your personality. Quit worrying about everybody thinking that you're odd turned. Be odd turned. Right. Somebody needs to be odd. Might yeah, as well man. be you. Man. Help somebody. I feel normal, but to some, I'm real odd. Man. And you feel normal, but to some, you feel real odd. Oh, yes. I'm trying to tell you something. God has made each of us differently, and quit trying to figure it all out down here and realize when I've got saved, I've got accepted by God. Amen. Got accepted by God. What greater joy could you possibly have than knowing God has accepted you? Somebody ought to shout. Well, y'all ain't going to, are you? Somebody ought to shout. Y'all get happy that God accepted you and you got saved. Paul is telling them to quit trying to be accepted by men through false gods and idolatry and vain religion and heresy. And he's trying to get them to realize when I came to town and preached the gospel and you got saved, you got accepted then. Quit trying to change the church to be accepted in society now. Man. Don't know why so many good churches have changed and they ain't worth the flip. Right. Because they're trying to be accepted. They are. Let me tell you something. The world ain't supposed to accept this. Amen. Amen. I need a big loud hooting amen right there. The world ain't supposed to accept what we're doing. No, sir. When they come in here, they're not supposed to enjoy it. It should be uncomfortable. They're not supposed to get excited. Amen. They're not supposed to get a thrill when I'm preaching like this. They're supposed to think I'm a jerk. And they're supposed to think I'm a butthole. And they're supposed to think I'm a dictator. And they're supposed to think we're a cult. They've got no stinking sense. They're done. They're ignorant spiritually speaking. They will not have a desire for any of this until they get saved. He's preaching right. And then once they get saved, they get accepted. And once they get accepted by him, they start longing for his desires. And they start getting happy about his word. And they start rejoicing over his truth. And this ain't supposed to add up out there. And any church that the world and lost hellbound sinners can walk in and enjoy themselves, they have conformed to be accepted by sinners. That's right, preacher. I don't want our church to be accepted by sinners. Amen. I want us to be acceptable to Christ. Amen. Because if it ain't, them sinners ain't never going to get saved. Never. They ain't never going to get changed. Never. Their eyes will never. You want to know why they don't? I just don't understand that Bible. You want to know why? The Holy Ghost. They're blind. Amen. 
When God saved you, he gave you the Holy Spirit of God right. to open your eyes and open your ears and open your heart. Now, all of a sudden, the things of God make sense to you because you've been enlightened through the Spirit and the witness of the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. That's right. That's right. There's never been a prime example of what pursuing acceptance of men will do to a Christian. It would be the church of Ephesus. Come on, preacher. They began to quit rejoicing over the acceptance of God and they started pursuing the acceptance of men. Yeah, man. Everything God had done for them was placed on the back burner. Their main object in life was to, uh, was to please and be accepted by men. Can I say this, my friend? This is the pursuit of the very world in which we live. God forbid that we get caught up in it. Come on, preacher. Well, God forbid we get caught up in it. If you're saved, you've been accepted. Right. Amen. I don't know how much further I'm going to go until y'all get with me. I'm having a hard time. You're plowing deep, preacher. You are accepted by God if you're saved. Right. You're somebody to God if you've been saved. Come on. You are the bride of the Lord Jesus if you are saved. Amen. You are an heir to God and a joint heir to Jesus Christ if you are saved. You are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood and a peculiar people if you are saved. You are without spot and blemish if you are saved. You are a saint of God. You are a child of God. You are a friend of God. You are, friend, a son of God if you've been saved. But it's all through and by Jesus and Him alone. Uh, can I say, uh, uh, you, uh, uh, you can't live your life worried uh, whether or not people at church think you preach good That's or right. think you sing good or think you dress good Amen. or think you pray good. Uh, quit worrying about being accepted by people and start worshiping God that you've been accepted by Him. I want to say thank God for Calvary, friend. Uh, because of the cross, uh, you and I have been accepted by the God of glory. And if that don't shift your focus and help your attitude, some of y'all need an attitude adjustment. And if that don't help your attitude, ain't nothing going to help it. But my friend, you can become just like the world and they still won't accept you. But once you became like Jesus, God the Father accepted you indefinitely without, without expiration. I'm accepted in Christ, by Christ, and through Christ. Yes, sir. I've been accepted because of His atonement. Man. Amen. Amen. Ain't God good? He sure is. For looking over the old flesh, sin-filled, sin-desiring that soul of man and would redeem us by the blood of the Lord Jesus. Wash us white and snug. Are you saying that sinners aren't accepted by God? That's exactly what I'm saying. Because you and I have never been accepted by God either until when all of a sudden you call upon Jesus and now when God looks at you, he sees his son. That's the only reason we're accepted this morning. Because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, that that's over. 
We'll give you one point. I'll give you the others tonight. One point about this. Being accepted of God. Number one, you are accepted by God because it was the will of the sovereign God. That's right. <laughs> I've got so much help looking at this this week. You realize that all this that we're doing this morning was God's idea? You better believe it. You sitting in your pew with a heart full of salvation and a spirit full of the Holy Ghost and a Bible full of the inerrant, infallible, inspired Amen. scriptures. The one and the only word of God, the King James Bible. Help somebody. Yes, sir. All that was God's idea. It was His will for you and I to be accepted by Him. Look there in verse number three with me. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings heavenly places in Christ according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before Him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Right. Do you see that? You are accepted by God because it was the will of the sovereign God. Yes, the fact that you are accepted ought to make even a baby butt Baptist smile. Are you understand? It ought to make the grouchiest old that Baptist smile and sing and shout yes. that it is the will of God for you tonight, for you and I to be accepted. Amen. If I don't bring you joy in itself, why don't you let the fact not only that you are accepted but by who you are accepted. Right. Yeah. Don't it feel good to know, Brother Chris, we may not ever be accepted. Well, I ain't going to say we may not. We will not ever be accepted by this world. That's yeah. right. Listen to me, Christian. Are you listening? Yes, sir. Are you listening to me? I really want you to listen. If you're a real Christian, I talk about one of these chameleon outfits. Amen. I talk about a real Christian. A real, are you listening to me? Amen. A real Christian. When you go to work, from now on, as long as you are a real Christian, you are not going to be accepted. No, sir. It's not going to happen. Kids who are in school are going into college. As long as you are a real Christian, you will never be accepted. Right. Are you listening? How can we live like that? How can I live and I'm always the minority? Right. I'm always the outcast. I'm always the oddball. I'm always the Bible thumper. I'm always the holy roller. I'm always the fanatic. I'm always... Hey, you might never, ever, ever be accepted down here. But glory be to God, you ought to rejoice that it was the will of the sovereign God for Him Himself to accept you Amen. and to love you. You say, it's hard life down here. No, it ain't, not if your focus is right. Matter of fact, the more you focus on Him, the less you want to be accepted by these people. Hey, I don't want to be accepted in this society. This society is, I'm talking about, flipped inside out, upside down, demonic. Amen. Amen. 
I don't want to be accepted. I don't want, listen, I'm going to make a statement. I don't want to be accepted by 99% of the pastors around here. Amen. I don't. Because quarter of them look like women. You can say men right there. It's okay. Yeah. They dress like women. They act like women. They're feminine like women. Help us, somebody. Preach, I'm not with you. I mean, ain't, ain't, ain't nothing in them masculine or lead, like a leader or like a pastor. Then the other bunch of people out there, most pastors, they don't, they don't know the Bible. They don't know any doctrine at all. I'm okay if I'm not accepted by that crowd. Amen. I'm okay because I've been accepted by him. Amen. This church ain't going to be accepted by a lot of people. That's right, preacher. Amen. Don't you think that six years ago I could have took a different route we would have had about 250, 300 here this morning? Could have. Could have. But there's some people sitting in this room that would have been here. That's right. I would. That's right. That's right, preacher. Huh? Amen. I'm not, listen, folks, I'm not interested in trying to build a crowd. I'm trying, I'm trying to take the Bible That's right. and build sure a church. Is. He yeah. sure is. Amen. And listen, the crowd's going to increase. Lord, that means something, boy. The crowd's going to increase. Are you listening to me? I need somebody to help me get behind me and stand with me. The crowd, the numbers, they're going to increase over time. But we're never going to be like so-and-so down there. We're probably never going to have them flowing over and pulling out because we're building a real doctrinal church. Amen. But God will bless our efforts. He will. He will send people. Supernatural. He will send people. Amen. He will send people to stay. Believe that or not. Amen. I do. <laughs> We've sure seen them come and go, ain't we? But there's a handful. You stayed. Thank God for you. There's some more of you out there. Amen. God's going to send us. Quit worrying about all this down here being accepted. We've already been accepted because it was the will of the sovereign God. Can I tell you what this word accepted means? I'm hurrying. We sing for an hour, and then we want a 25-minute sermon, but I ain't doing it. Amen. It's the will of the sovereign God to be accepted. That word accepted means this, kindly received. It means to be regarded, agreed to, understood, received. I like this, Webster 18, 28. Accepted means to be received as a bill of exchange. May I say it was the will of the sovereign God to accept you? It was the will of the sovereign God Himself to kindly receive you and regard you and understand you and receive you as a bill of exchange. God the Father gave His only begotten Son. We were the bill of exchange. He gave Him away to get us. Amen. Well, y'all ain't going to get on board with me today. He gave away His only begotten Son. To get us. That's how we got accepted. We're a bill of exchange. Not only were we accepted by God, but we were accepted by God. Look here. Look in verse 6 with me. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. What is the beloved? Uh Yes, sir. 
What is the beloved? Well, let me say it like this. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Bible said, this is my beloved son in Matthew 3, 17. In Matthew 17, 5. In Mark chapter 1, verse 11. In Mark chapter 9, verse 7. In Luke chapter 3, verse 22. In Luke chapter 9, verse 35. And in 2 Peter 1, 17. You'll find seven times in your King James Bible. Seven times in your King James Bible. God refers to Jesus as his beloved son. It's a number of completion. He's beloved in completion. He's God in completion. He's the Son of God in completion. He's Christ the Redeemer in completion. He's Christ the Savior in completion. And when you and I got saved, we were accepted by God in the beloved and complete through Him this morning. That's how I'm accepted. Right. The beloved Son. We're accepted in the beloved. That's in Christ. In other words, when God accepted us in the beloved, He accepted us just as He accepted His only begotten that is Son. Right. That ain't stirring you. I don't. I, I don't yeah. have enough big enough stir stick. That's right. That's the biggest one I got, my friend. That when God, somebody will help me. Somebody will think about yeah. what you've done just this morning. That God would look down and see His Son in you and I. Man, that's how we're accepted. That means God loves you like He loves Jesus. He does. Right, I'm trying to help you. That means God cares for you like He cares for Jesus. That means God. That means God cherishes you like He cherishes Jesus. That means He adores you like He adores Jesus. That means He treats you like He treats Jesus. He welcomes you like He welcomes Jesus. He esteems you like He esteems Jesus. I've been accepted through salvation and saved. Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. All that. All that makes something in me just, I can't thank Him enough. Thank you, Lord. Why are you worried about being accepted by society when you have been ex- accepted by God through the Savior? You're not just, listen, that old prodigal come home and said, Father, make me one of the hired servants. He said, no way, Jack, you're my son. Yes, sir. Hey, to us, Brother Chris and our little mind, we're so low. All we are is little feeble servants running around. We're little ants just running around serving God, trying to be busy and trying to work and trying to be and trying to labor. All we are is just an old servant. But when God the Father looks down out of heaven, He don't see a bunch of servants and a bunch of lower and esteem low and a bunch of sitting. No, 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 no. When He sees you and I, the only thing He can see. It's the Lord Jesus. That's why He loves you the way He does. And He hears you the way He does. And He cares for you the way He does. And He provides the way He does. And He protects the way He does. Because we've been accepted by God. That's right. Thank you, Lord. It's His will. He came up with this. Yes, sir. Before the foundation of the world, it was the will of God for you and I to be acceptable to Him. Right, man. <laughs> so I don't feel accepted. I got bills in the past due. I don't feel like He loves me, like He loves Jesus, because I got disease running through my veins. You know what you're looking at? You're looking at all these spiritual or physical blessings. He ain't talking about physical blessings. Yeah. Are you listening? Look with me. I'm trying to hurry. Well, it's in here somewhere. 
Let's see here. Well, I thought I'd tell you, but it's somewhere right there in Ephesians 1, spiritual blessings. Right, okay. verse 3. Okay. All spiritual blessings. Blessed, that's right. Be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Amen. You've been accepted. And because you've been accepted, the byproduct of that is spiritual. Amen. Not just some, but all spiritual. In other words, whatever spiritual blessing that Jesus is entitled to, we're entitled to. Amen. 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 Why? Because we've been accepted. How do we get accepted? Through redemption. Amen. Through redemption. I've got all this. We're going to preach deeper. More. Doctrinal tonight. Alright? So, you're accepted because of the sovereign will of God. Right. So quit hanging your head and start rejoicing. Amen. Not only are you accepted, you're accepted by God. Whether or not you know it, God is behind every bit of this. He is. Right. He's behind it all. You didn't get in by accident. No. Are you listening? Amen. This was God's will before the foundation of the world. It was. He doesn't know what was going to happen with Adam and Eve. He doesn't know what right. Satan was going to do. It was his divine will to create man. And even though man would fall, to still make them accepted through right. his son Amen. to himself. I don't got time. I'm going to stop there because I don't have time. I've got three points, sub points to this one point. I don't have time to preach it. But I want you to walk away this morning knowing one thing. Oh yes. Are you listening? You are. If you're saved, you are accepted by God. Amen. You are accepted by God. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here this morning. I pray, dear God, Lord, you continue to bless and help our church. I pray, Lord, you speak to our hearts from the Riches of thy word. Pray God to bring us back and help us tonight, Lord, to hear what you've got to say. Lord, really didn't even do nothing but preach introduction today. But God, that's all right. I pray, God, that you spoke something to the hearts of thy people. God, help us, Lord, to realize we are accepted by you, but not because of who we are, but because of who you are, who the Lord Jesus is. And God, that's how we got in. Lord, we're so focused on the psychological and physical acceptance of men. By living that way, the only thing we're doing is revealing that we're failing to live for you and to thank you and appreciate what you've done for us through the spiritual acceptation. That you would accept us despite because you would conform us later in Ephesians chapter 1 to the image of your son. God, I pray, Lord, that we would let the word of God challenge us to rejoice in the fact we've already been accepted by the only one who matters. We've been accepted by you. Bless the invitation. Thank you for those who are here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed, let's stand to our feet.
Altars are open. Won't you come this morning? Won't you come? Are you here trying to feel accepted? <clears throat> Today's society, if you're saved, you're never going to feel accepted here. But you're accepted by God. I don't care how much you change yourself to adapt to your surroundings. You may be accepted by men for a little while, but you'll be rejected by them later. They'll forsake you at some point. But he'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. But worrying about everybody's opinion of you, 